just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park, and then later, when it gets dark, we go home. Your perfect day. What does your perfect day look like? Just a perfect day. Feed animals. Especially in summer, we all have this expectation of the perfect day, don't we? You know, the holiday or or the uh, the barbecue on the in the summer. You know, with your friends. Right. You know, we do. We, we, our expectation of the perfect day uh, really, you know, sort of, I always, my expectation of the perfect day um, always increases in summer, basically, because my perfect day would be probably spending at least 12 hours of it outside, um, which is a little tricky in the winter in, in England. But, um, but what do we do when it's not? The good that can come when it's not. And uh, I must admit, um, Pete preached on perseverance in an evening about four or five weeks ago, and he used, I'd already began to think of what I was going to preach on, and he used every single Bible verse that I was going to use. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I actually wasn't cheering him on that preach. I was slowly getting more and more frustrated. Um, But, um, and then, and then, um, then Mike preached last week. Now, you know, Mike had a very gung-ho approach. So you may approach, you may prefer something like this, the opportunity of adversity. Um, but, you know, we've all had those days, haven't we? I remember, I mean, this is about 20 years ago. Um, I, was my first, I was a newly qualified teacher. So David was in year five. Kerry was in year three. Pete was a half-time GP and the only elder in the church. And I was this newly qualified teacher the year the national curriculum started. And no one had a clue what they were doing, especially the local grammar school where I worked. And um, so... Uh, So there was one day, and I was finding it quite tough being a newly qualified teacher. And and it was busy, you know, suddenly working, because I hadn't worked... You know, I was only working part-time, but I hadn't worked outside of the home before. And and then the washing machine goes wrong. And you know when you've just moved... You moved into a new house about 10 years ago, and, you know, then everything starts. And then the freezer broke down. And... And on top of this, you know, some of you ladies were thinking, well, you were the lucky one. But for the first time in my life, I was actually suffering from really severe PMT. And every month, my life would just fall apart. Um, You know, my marriage was on the rocks. My children were terrible. And... And so it was this kind of a day. And... And... And the... um, and the, the school had brought in these books, uh, this, you know, how do we fulfill the national curriculum? So some, edu- some enterprising educationist had come up with this system. And, you know, if you buy these textbooks and you buy these worksheets and the children, you know, you cover that and then the children take, the young people take these tests, you can tick up these boxes and you will fill the national curriculum. These textbooks had lots of glossy pictures and no information. And I was teaching grammar school boys. And year 10 chemistry was Linda's chip shop. 
And year 11, only to be bettered, now fortunately I did not have to teach this one, year 11, physics was the happy hippo jumping birthday, uh, jumping birthday card. So you stood in front of these boys and you felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath your feet. So I am there, PMT, you know, and washing machine, and I pull myself together and I get in the car and I click on the cassette as it was in those days. And I'm driving through the lanes, and without my choice, the song that was came on was something like, all things work together for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. And I'm thinking, yes, God, I'm getting myself in that place when, bang, literally, as this song was playing, somebody crashed into the side of me. <laughs> now, we've all had those kind of days. Now... I must admit, you would. My 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 reaction probably wasn't quite as positive as you've got to be kidding me, um, and and I probably could have learnt something from my sermon today. So, but you know, we, we, it talks all about trials and tests, but it also talks about sufferings. And, and some of our trials and tests and our suff- are actually sufferings. They're much bigger than that. And um, I was brought up in, in what was probably a, well, was a non-Christian home. Um, no, not, no one in my family dreamed of going to church on a sun, on a, even at Christmas. Um, I came from a very loving family. My, my parents were absolute sweethearts. Um, they loved me and my sister to bits. Um, my dad was actually um, an officer in the army, but he was um, the most un-army officer person you could imagine. He was five foot five, somewhat rotund, and, and he had an incredible sense of humor. And um, he... He was so proud of his three girls, which was me, my mum, and my sister. And he was really high on words of affirmation um, and on... We were very much a family who hugged and, and cuddled. And, uh, and also, actually, I've still got gifts that he actually chose me. You know, it wasn't my mum who would go out, you know, things that he actually chose me as presents. And... Um, I became a Christian when I was 17, just the week of my 17th birthday. And at the end of my uh, first term at university, I went to a, a university in London. And um, I was very much, you know, you stay in university and you, you witness to your friends and you're really part of life there. And I'd had the incredible privilege of seeing um, my best, well, a friend who I'd just, you know, made that term, who went on to be my best friend. She became a Christian after I was five or six weeks at university. Um, anyway, I hadn't been home, and it was um, sort of in December, and I thought, oh, I'll stay in. And then all my friends had gone away for the weekend, and I felt God prompted me to say, go home. So I called my dad, who actually worked in London, just down the road from me, and I said, oh, let's go home. So um, dad met me at the station, Blackfriars, we went home. Um, we had a wonderful, um, so I had that weekend with my parents. I think my dad was doing DIY. I think he was actually tiling the um, bathroom. And on the Sunday um, afternoon, he went to sleep. He was tired. He commuted up to London, and um, he went to sleep. And about five o'clock, my mum said, will you go and wake up, Dad? And when I went to wake him up, he had died. He was dead. 
And um, so I had to then, um, you know, sort of call down. Sort of, I just thought, what do I say to my mum? I had to call down and get my mum and then phone my sister and, and all this. And um, my mum, because we'd moved, I mean, we'd moved 14 times in 14 years. So my mum didn't have a support group around her. So although I had the church, um, you know, my mum wasn't part of that, um, much as the church tried to love her. And I remember the first day of a very, you know, that very first evening, thinking I'd had incredible encounters of God as a loving heavenly Father. I think we all, some, well, some of us, maybe all through our lives, relate to sort of one type, of one, you know, one form of the Godhead, one person of the Godhead more than others. And for me, it's been different. You know, at different times, I relate better to different persons of the Godhead. But I'd had a real encounter as God, as a loving Heavenly Father. And here I was, um, you know, and my, my dad had died. Um, and, and I remember, and also, you know, I knew that I had prayed the prayer. But I didn't know that my dad had prayed the prayer. And, you know, how was I, what was I, you know, where was my dad? What was happening and, and I just remember, you know, with my mind and all the shock and, and everything that was happening. And I just went through and I thought, is what I have experienced real? You know, or, or do I just think, hey, I thought God was loving and good. And look what's just happened. And I turn my back on, you know, I turn my back on you. And I'm there thinking, am I deluded? You know, has this been real? And within 24, certainly within 48 hours, I think it was probably within even the first 24 hours, I thought, no, God. What I have experienced in the last um, 18 months is real. I have no idea, you know, what's happening to me um, you know, in a way, no one in my family almost knew how to cope with grief. I knew nothing. No one ever really helped me with what grief was. Um, but, you know, I know that you're um, real. So the, the first opportunity of adversity is to know that your faith is genuine. And in 1 Peter it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is, is revealed. Now, I think actually that happens before that. So when, when um, you know, when people go through grief and they, and, and they choose to trust God, I actually think, you know, th- this isn't just the, the, the main deal. You know, there's, there's um, angelic beings and um, watching on. In actual fact, there's friends watching on. And, and I think God's glory is actually revealed when we just choose to keep going with God. Um, you know, his glory is revealed. And we get to know that our faith is genuine. You know, your faith is worth more than gold. You know, money can't buy peace, comfort and joy. But that's what your faith, that's what your relationship with God can give you. And then the other, another opportunity is to know the God of all comfort. And, and I will say it was a strange privilege. 
in a way, to experience what I experienced because I knew the comfort of God in an incredible way. And, and it's almost something that's, you know, been foundational. God put that in me, you know, um, very, very early on in my Christian life. And, and I, I now have a, I have a confidence um, that God can be this God of all comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. And, you know, if God can comfort, could have comforted me in that, um, you know, God had the confidence that he can comfort me in other, in, in other things. But also, it's, not, it's also so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And it's given me a greater confidence to pray with people because I actually know, you know, whatever they're going through, because it's no point saying, oh, I know how you feel, because each of us, even if it was identical circumstances, we would all feel different. But it's given me, I know that they can be comforted. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's I'll pray with people who I, you know, with um, Christians and non-Christians. But also when I see the news sometimes, and you see these terrible tragedies, don't you? And I just think, God, I know that you can be the God of all comfort. I know that person isn't beyond your comfort and your love. And it gives me a confidence um, to pray for people who I, you know, I never, I, I've never met. It's an opportunity to know that God is always there for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, and that is, you know, you think, yeah, God does walk through everything with us. And um, I say, I, I am hopeful that I will see my dad in heaven. When uh, we were going through his effects, I mean, when, when I got baptized, I got saved one week and I got baptized the next. And... Um, and my mum declined the offer um, to, to come to my baptism, but my, bro- my sister, my brother-in-law, and my dad came to my baptism, which in those days, a service wasn't a service unless it was nine, uh, three hours long. So they came at half past six, and, and at half past nine, when the service hadn't finished, they did walk out. Um, but my dad was far more open to my Christian faith than my mum was. And, um, and when, um, we were going through his personal effects and I thought of all the things for him to have written when I'm talking about these things, um, we found this poem. Now you may find it a little bit twee, but, um, this is my dad's hand. I'll make this through. (laughs) So maybe I won't. God hath not promised skies always blue, flowers strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy and undying love. So that is my dad's handwriting. Thanks, guys. So I thought of all things to have found, you know, um, so I just, I just thank God for that. In actual fact, um, it's funny, there was this old Bible tucked away in the back of a cupboard in, in my house. 
And I was sort of trying to, you know, make more cupboard space and get rid of stuff I didn't need. And I opened this Bible, and I thought it was one that Kerry had bought from a second-hand bookshop or something. When I opened it up, it was a book, that, a Bible that my great, wait a minute, my great-grandma had bought for my dad, her grandson. And, um, and in it was this prayer about my great, I didn't know I had much Christian heritage in my life, but my, you know, about, um, you know, praying that my, this prayer about my dad being filled with the Holy Spirit and he was given it to him, given it on his sixth birthday. So, um, so anyway, um, it's also an opportunity to offer a sacrifice of praise. You know, it's great to praise God in the good times, um, but, but, you know, we get to offer, in, in, in eternity, we will be able to praise God for eternity, but we will not have the opportunity to praise him in the bad times because there will not be bad times. So we have an opportunity on this earth to actually offer that sacrifice of praise that we can praise him in the bad times. It's, I mean, I think the, the strange thing is, is that sometimes we actually find, when it's something really major, uh, we are thrown on God, aren't we? We're thrown on God, and 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 we we, we you know I, I can remember the, the the week after I think my dad died on a Sunday, and I think it was either the Tuesday or the Wednesday. I went up to the midweek church prayer um, prayer meeting or well, midweek meeting actually. And, and I just stood there and I worshipped, I had my hand raised and I worshipped God. And at the end, one of the other members of the youth group just came in, you know, saying, oh, Kim, Kim, you're so amazing, you're so amazing. And I just, I was a bit taken aback and I thought, no, for me, I just had to declare that God was good. In the midst of this, I had to declare that God, because that was my foundation, and we have that opportunity. But, you know, sometimes when the frustrations like the, you know, of this world come, like the broken washing machine and the person crashing in, we don't actually think. We, we just gnash our teeth or go into, I can sort this out mode, um, you know, and, and, don't, and forget to offer God that sacrifice of praise. So, you know, those, that's a one, you know, that's a very specific situation. But what about the things that aren't the huge suffering or aren't the grief? And I'm going to use the, the free school as an example. So, so you know, we'd, we thought we'd heard from God well, and, and um, the elders, you know, the eldership had decided that this was what we, you know, this was a, we'd heard from God and we were going for it. And, and I had stood up in front of, you know, all of you in NKCC and, and asked for your, you know, your, your commitment and, and, and many of you had given hours to this. And, and suddenly in this day in July, you know, Mary Rouse phones up and she says, oh, Kim, I'm so sorry. We haven't even been called for interview. Mary Rouse is from the New Generation Schools Trust. And she herself has put hundreds of hours of work into this. Now, I can't say that this was my life's work. You know, there are, you know, I mean, I had, but I had put, you know, I don't know, probably hundreds of hours of work into it. But I just, I, you know, I, I just felt, I felt numb, actually. I just felt numb. I thought, I don't really know what to think. 
I really don't know what to think. And it was partly also that when it's just a personal thing, you can start to process it yourself. But I was going to have to wait and process this with the other directors and other people. And I just, and, and I just thought, I don't know what to do. And I, I just felt like, you know, in a way, you know, sort of like a tire that someone had let the air out of. I was just thinking, oh, I really, you know, I, I really don't know what to do about this. Um, and, you know, is it, should we just be supporting, you know, because Gravesham actually want to put, um, move a different, well, um, the local council and Kent council want to move um, another school onto that site just opposite. You know, should we be supporting that or, or whatever? So you think, okay, what do we do in these situations? So it's an, another opportunity to apply faith, wisdom, and to hear from God. So, so you, you've, you know, you want to be wise. So we did. We, we read the email and we thought about this. I talked to Laura's mum um, and we talked to New Generation Schools Trust. And then they had a, a, um, um, a, a phone call, um, you know, explaining this with, with the DFE. And then we had feedback from it. And one of the great things that the DFE started the conversation with is when you make another bid. So, and we, we talked about this. So, so it isn't, you know, it, you do take in to account some of the, the, the practicalities, you know, like we haven't got to redo all the surveys and things like that. But the main, the bottom line was, had we heard from God, you know, um, you know, or is this, there's two options, aren't there? When something, when you're, you're going for something and, and something happens, you either think, is this a door closing or is this an opportunity to persevere and to go on? And so we actually, you know, we've, we thought this and we thought, no, this is, you know, we, we, we don't think this is the last thing on our free school bid. Even when, even when I didn't know that we could make another free school bid, I thought, actually, even if we weren't to go for another bid, I do believe that something has happened among us as a body of people. I think faith levels have grown. And it's like... Bill uses a phrase, um, you know, he, they prayed and prayed that his dad, uh, for his dad who had cancer and his dad died. Um, and, and Bill uses this phrase, we've pushed against a 10-ton rock and it didn't shift. But when we push against a 5-ton rock, it will. And I think even if we weren't going for another bid, I think there's something that's happened amongst us that has given us the expectation, yeah, we can make a significant difference in our locality. And we've got, we've got you know, people's faith has, has um, risen and people have been out there and involved in the community. Um, you know, so, so, but we then said, no, God is saying this, so we will do this. And it's an opportunity to persevere and grow. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. That when we persevere, when we push through, there's actually, it is like when you're doing exercises. You know when you do those resistance exercises and your muscles grow? Or not? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're strengthened. And, um, 
And as we persevere, we are strengthened. There is a positive effect. It's not just gritting our teeth and seeing this one through. There is a positive effect. Now, I'm going to skip one because we're a bit short of time. Um, I'll just read this very quickly. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. There is supernatural power is in our relationship with God through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God is good, even in the tough times. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. That God has given us this, you know, we can actually experience God's, it's, we, we tend to think that the supernatural life is about, you know, seeing people healed and words of knowledge and it is about those things. But it is also about us having everything that we need for life, for the good times and the bad times. And then it's an opportunity to grow in hope. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know... We know that our sufferings, um, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit he has given us. Now, to me, that seems the wrong way round, in a way. You would think that hope would come from the good times, wouldn't you? But actually, in God's account, and I think hope does come from the good times, because our hope isn't a vague idea of maybe something might happen. Uh, Steve and Wendy Backland from uh, Bethel actually talk about glistening hope, this, this confident expectation that good is coming. And in God's economy, even when you have to persevere um, you know, and push through, it's so sufferings and perseverance actually can result in you actually getting hope. doesn't seem to, you know, to be the logical thing, but in God's economy, you can grow in hope. You can actually be more confident of God's goodness. So, just to summarize, the opportunities of adversity, to know that your faith is genuine, to be comforted by God, to know that God is always there for you, to offer a sacrifice of praise, to hear from God, to persevere and grow, to experience God's effective power and presence, and to grow in hope. Now, um, some of you have got, it is quarter past 12, so some of you will have to go and and collect your children. Um, But I'm just going to end um, with reading that version, that passage in Romans 5. Um, So do go and get your children if you need to. Um, You can always come back up. Um, But this is what it says. And then we're going to have, I'm going to pray. Um, But this is what it says in Romans 5. We continue to shout our praise 
even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience or passionate perseverance in us and how that that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue or good character. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know even Um, because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience or passionate perseverance in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue or good character, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. This is what hope is. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. And that is what hope is. And that's where God wants to to give us today. Now, I'd just like to invite you to stand. Just spend some time. Actually, I'm going to ask Susie to... um, put um, a song on but just spend some time interacting with God because you know and just think God which of these are you wanting to give me you know what are you saying to me at the end of this this you know end of today well not the end but you know at this point today what are you saying to me and just interact and pray with God